What's going on, football fans? It's me, J.R. Clark, back again with another Pound for Pound ATL. Joined, as always, by my main man, Jonathan. What's going on, Jonathan? How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, combine's about to start. Uh, getting more and more juicy uh, stuff going on. We got coaching uh, updates. We got all kinds of stuff going on. So. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's a good day, happening day. We got, uh, you know, finally got guys getting... Uh, release that that there was some little bit of confusion on we'll get into here in, here in a few minutes um but yeah we, we definitely got some happening stuff you know second day into the work week everything is going decent enough so uh i guess without much further ado might as well just go ahead and get on into it absolutely Oh, see, y'all can't see me dancing when when the intro is going on, uh, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm saving y'all, <laughs> saving y'all's eyes on that one. Uh, what's going uh, on, Anthony Romero? How y'all doing tonight? How's everybody doing in the chat? Uh, it's been uh, I've been excited about about getting to the to the live stream because we're getting into the you know the heart of the season that I really like. You know the. The as much as I like the games, as much as I enjoy, um, you know, seeing it all un, unwind and unfold, rather, I really enjoy like the team building and and how like like how are we going to construct the roster for you know 2023? Uh, it reminds me of when I was a, a kid, my favorite type of movies were heist movies because I always loved the setup. Like you spend like yep. an hour and a half of a two hour movie going through setting up how you're going to knock off the, you know, casino or the museum or, you know, whatever you're going to knock off. And then the last 30 minutes, you get to see them do it, like implement the, the, uh, the heist. And that's what this part of the season feels like to me. It feels like we are, you know, getting, blank you know bank blueprints and we're trying to convince the uh you know bomb technician to join the squad and and i'm pretty sure there's an angry british man that we need for the enforcer (laughs) we gotta have we gotta have the super flexible asian dude that can fit into a suitcase right right we gotta have so you can spider walk around the room exactly duck and dodge through all the lasers and all that good stuff exactly so that's that's where we're at now like and so today, uh, well, I guess before we get into that, yesterday we had like a basically the the full like coaching staff got announced. Um, obviously, a few weeks back we hire Ryan Nielsen. Uh, shortly thereafter that we hire um, Jerry Gray as assistant head coach and defense, like mm-hmm. whatever that you know seems to mean. Um, and then you bring in. You know, uh, Huxtable. What was what's Huxtable's first name? Do you remember what Huxtable's? Dave Huxtable. I, there you go. Yeah. So you, we bring in Dave Huxtable. You know, as a uh, defense, like senior defensive assistant. So like we're surrounding, uh, you know, Nielsen, a first-time DC, with some like very experienced guys, and <clears throat> we then round out the rest of the coaching staff. Now, nothing major. Um, but you know, when you did move on from peas, you were going to make some adjustments. You have, uh, Nick Perry is now the assistant receivers coach. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this name. <laughs> uh, Lanier Gothi. That's G O T H I E. Go Gothi, maybe. I'm uh, Gothi. Gothi. Like, Gothi is probably that's got to be so closer. Super super amounts of eyeshadow. Lots of it. Very like very. <laughs> um, anyway, he is the defensive front specialist. Now we don't necessarily now the part that I find interesting is that we don't necessarily have a D line coach. Now, uh, Nielsen, that's kind of like his bread and butter was the D line. Yep, that's what he did for New Orleans. So you figure maybe his first year, uh, you know, he takes more of a hands on approach with uh, with the D line. Who knows? But you that, have, would be, that would be my guess is is he's the he he is the de facto defensive line coach. Right now, Nick is asking, uh, who is the OC? Okay, the OC is Dave Ragone, right? Yep, hold tight. Willie Docton tipped us ten dollars, and we appreciate it. What up, says, Willie? <laughs> he says, Ocean's 11. Nah, Falcon's 11. That's right. There you go. There you glad go. You, glad you got the references. I like when I, I, uh, I am the Brad Pitt of the, of the movie. Uh, You'll see it. That. That side. It's the, the there you go. Ah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Um so uh Lanier uh, Gothi is the defensive front specialist. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh with let's see, I'm gonna read and see if I can find I'm looking on their website and they actually don't have it, they don't have a little blurb on Gothi at all, which is uh a little disappointing. I was I wanted to dig more into him, but um, the one that is interesting is Steven Jackson, and it's not the former running back Steven Jackson. Uh, is Steven Jackson has moved to – he was our wide receivers coach last year. Mm-hmm. Now he's moved back to his, I would guess you could say, more familiar territory, which is the defensive backs coach. Uh, <clears throat> Raheem Morris kind of did the same – thing he went back he he started i think he came here as a db's coach right then uh i want to say the super bowl year or maybe the year after the super bowl i can't remember which one he moved from db coach to Mm -hmm. wide receiver coach which i i think potentially in the in that particular spot that's a good swap yeah because you can teach it from a different angle as far as like how they're being defended yeah, what are these mm-hmm. DBs doing to you? Uh, and like, just based on the look you get at the line of scrimmage, what is that DB wanting to do? Right. That gives a lot of insight into that. And then vice versa, when you're on the other side, once you've worked with the wide receivers, now you look at look at it from the other side. Like, hey, they're lining up like this, or maybe they're guys, right, right. Yeah, how, how their how their stance is can sometimes uh, tell you like a, a little bit about what what is coming up. And, now we get into all that because of this deal right here, right? Dre Murphy says yep. Dave Ragone got moved to QB coach. Okay, that's yep. the reason why we're talking about all this. Now, Willie's got it in one. Ragone still keeps his OC duties, and he just adds the QB coach like duties to his t- to his title. Now keep in mind, uh Ragone didn't call plays. You know, yep. what uh, What last year, what Charles London and uh, Dave Ragone did, and they described it in, in an analogy that I really like, they set the table 
for Arthur Smith. They they did like all the scouting, all the looks. They devised the game plan, and then they brought that game plan to Smith. Smith gave it a check, you know, once over, and then you know Smith called plays from there, right? Yep. And so <clears throat> now that Charles London is up in Tennessee, you know, he got a little bit of a, a step up. He went to be their QB's coach uh, along with, I think, assistant head coach or assistant. Uh, I mean, I would, ass- I would assume he moves like gets that. O- probably as a uh, thing to try to uh, protect him and, mm-hmm. you know, give them get, at least give the team more say so. Uh, to try to keep it from getting poached, if at all right. possible, and and it uh, kind of had to be a step up for the Falcons not to be able to block him was was yep. the deal. So I think it was like one of those deals where they added a you know assistant OC or offensive you know uh, analyst or some another little asterisk to his title, kind of like what we did with Jerry Gray. You know, he's yep. um, assistant head coach and defense. That assistant head coach is what keeps him from, you know, us being able to keep him from making a lateral move um, in that aspect. Uh, So anyway, back to Ragone. So if you listen to any of Ragone's like interviews last year, he talked like a guy who was more of a QB's coach. Like, you know, especially when he talked about Ritter or Mariota at the time or what have you, like he talked, you know, like he was getting them prepared to, you know, uh, go out there and play QB. But that's what he did in Chicago. He was their QB coach and their passing game coordinator. Yeah. So much the and, same. Yeah. And, and you know, and I've already seen it uh, pop up online where people are like, Dave, you know, Dave Ragone, the passing game coordinator uh, <clears throat> for the Chicago Bears. Ooh, great QB coach hire. You know, all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, I, I'll say this, uh, just like, uh, you know, just like a player, uh, I think you see this a lot more often though you see it all over the field, but a lot more often with like offensive linemen, you know, mm-hmm. offensive linemen can be on one team. Look, absolutely horrible. Wes Schweitzer. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that guy, say, we've had a my, few of these guys. Yeah. They want to, they want to run him out of the, out of town. Uh, there's other, there's, uh, there's probably, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in another year or so, we see uh, uh, Nick Person. Is that his name? Oh, Mike Person. Uh, Mike Person. I wouldn't be surprised if I, if he showed up on an O line somewhere and was like integral part of some awesome O line. You know, because they can they get into a different situation, a different feel, different vibe, and things just click for them. Right. And you know, the same thing with coaches. You like the vast majority of the coaches out there, there's going to be some that are just bums. There's going to be some that just are not really good coaches, but most are not going to make it to the NFL in some way, shape or form. If they didn't have some talent as a coach, right? Just like a player, most players that make it to the NFL, whether they're the back of the roster guys or the frontline starters, they all have some kind of talent. Now, whether or not they can focus and bring that out is a whole different matter. Same thing with a coach. Dave Ragone. I don't, I'm not sitting here telling you that he's a great coach. I'm not saying he's a good coach. I'm simply saying we can't take his stop prior to Atlanta and say th- that's who he is. You know, uh, like this offense, yes, he wasn't the play caller, but like 
like JR said, he, he helped set the table. He helped right. put together the game plans for this offense. And this is, again, an offense that, while, yes, we look at it over the course of the year, and, we're, and there were definitely times we're like, what are we doing? But you look at the end of the year, and you look at how often did this particular offense go three and out? And it's like number three or four in the league in the least amount of three and outs for the entire year. Um, you know, you get some better, uh, oh, you know, you know, better pass blocking, you get some better QB play, you get uh, uh, Kyle Pitts back for a full year, hopefully, you bring in some more offensive weaponry um, and so like that. And now if you can get, if nothing else changes about that number that we just talked about, they're number three or four in the least amount of three and outs. If we can keep that going with a little bit better efficiency at the end of that, uh, the, uh, that offensive drive. Now we're talking about an offense that's, you know, scoring oh, yeah. in the high twenties, low thirties on a more consistent basis. And hopefully a defense that's, if that defense can basically be numbers wise, as far as scoring, if we can keep teams to like 20, 24 points, most games, we're probably going to be okay in most situations. Now. Um, yeah. I, I yeah, completely, uh, you know, agree in, in that scenario. Dre Murphy asked a good question. So why not just make TJ Yates who used to play QB, the QB coach. Now keep in mind, Dave Ragone used to play QB as well. Uh, you know, Dave Ragone was a QB, same deal there. Uh, TJ uh, is the wide re- wide receivers coach. That was the big like thought process there for a while. I'm gonna put it back up there that TJ was just gonna slide over. Uh, I myself was really hoping they were gonna go out and grab Pep Hamilton because uh, yeah. if they were gonna if they were gonna keep you know uh, Ritter, you know young guy, you know first first real year starting, uh, somebody like a Pep Hamilton who has was you know integral in you know helping to develop uh you know Andrew Luck and um a handful of other guys is like he would have been a guy who I was really hoping they would have nabbed. Um now this is like here's a comment that that I see quite a bit like we need to get rid of Dave Ragone and Arthur Smith doesn't need to call plays. I I don't get I don't get that that concept and he follows it up with yeah you know Arthur Smith's jobs on the line. No, it's not. Not no, this it's year not. it's not. Like no, it's not. Like, look, I'll say this about his job, and I won't I ain't gonna spend a ton of time on it. If if he if they go out and spend a ton of money and bring in high profile guys and you only win seven games and you're getting blown out and you're only beating lower tier talent when you have a major infusion of talent on your end his seat might start to get warm but it ain't hot it ain't nowhere near hot enough to be fired yet but now the expectations are going to start to rise as you have completed the major hurdle of clearing up the cap space now you got the cap space now now you need to start showing development and showing progress you have were able to go seven and ten two years in a row and basically having to reinvent your offense both years. Right. And you went seven and 10 this year with a team that was, in my opinion, market markedly, markedly like lesser of a team than the year before. Um, You know, like you didn't have nearly the talent, both on offense, on defense, 
because of having to get under those, uh, you, know, try, you know, with the financial situation the way it was. Anybody who thinks that, like, look, short of literally walking out onto the Falcons logo, flipping off all the fans in the middle of a game. <laughs> I mean, you know, if he just does what he does, it would have to be something unfootball related. Yeah, it, it would. He'd have to kill somebody. It'd yeah, have to be it, something like that. Yeah, it would, he, it would be something. But don't even look for don't even look for a hot seat or even a warm seat until uh, you know, at the very least after this year. Maybe like even I not said, even until after next year. Right. Uh, first of all. Anonymous, I'm glad you're able to catch us on your lunch break. What's up? Same thing with good, our good buddy, Millie Mills. Uh, and uh, YMF Jamal. <laughs> what up, y'all? Uh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for joining. Uh, yeah, glad everybody's in here tonight. Now, I don't I don't point out William as in, like, wanting to point at him, per se. Um, it's just I've seen that type of statement. And I get it, you know, and I've and I completely agree. Uh, to me, it's like he don't care. He just wants to win games. I think that's what we all want. You know, we all Absolutely. at the end of the day, we just want to win games, right? But here at this junction, where we are right now in the in the off season, uh, it's time to like figure out how we're going to win games in a sense. Uh, yeah, Willie and, and yeah, Willie, what Willie says here is like Arthur Smith, fine. We're going doesn't bother me. The fact that the the fact that with the, most of this coaching staff we still have most of the same coaches mm-hmm. uh, or a lot of the same coaches. Uh, and, and, you know, the fact that we were competitive in just about every minus one, right. Maybe one two game games. No, like one, uh, you got blown out in one game and that was by the Bengals. And yeah, that was and, in, and, in the Bengals like home stadium. Yeah. And so the fact that we were in every single game and we had, uh, you know, the most amount of one score games in, I think league history, that we played in this year, like at some point that you're, you, you can't be as un, unlucky because right. at some point winning one score games is a, there's a combination there of, yes, you need the talent, but you also need a little bit of luck for things to bounce your way for things to go your way and to have that amount of bad luck. And then, but still be able to have the same amount of wins as we did the year before with a lesser team mm-hmm. with the most amount of, uh, dead cap space, all that, uh, all that jazz. It, it, to me, that speaks volumes of the coach that even in that position, he was able to put out a competitive product every single week. Right. And the deal like the bigger, you know, testament to me is you go back and watch the offense and how it operated the first year he got here. And then the offense and how it operated this year, it was night and day difference. Like in like so in one year's time, you remade your offensive scheme, and he and if you really think about what he did in Tennessee, like from Mariota to Tannehill, like yes, he's always believed in a strong run game, but you know he's had to remake it as well there too. So, um, yeah, I'm just a little, um, like I said, I've seen that type of comment quite a bit, uh. And I'm willing to give him, you know, this year an infusion of talent before I really start like looking cross-eyed at him. But that kind of brings us to the next topic on the docket, which was today the combine started per se. 
Um, there's no like workouts or anything like that, but teams showed up uh, yesterday and had their press conferences. A lot of teams had their press conferences today. Uh, and so now you're starting to get uh, some interesting inter- uh, information. Uh, one of the things that hit you know, like first thing this morning was uh, everybody's number one free agent target, Jerron Payne, got uh, franchise tagged by Washington, which had been rumored for you know a couple weeks now. So uh, the chances of us getting Deron Payne are real slim. They're not zero. But the but they're uh, you know they're they're real real slim, so but that brings us to Terry Fontenot's press conference. Uh, I got to actually I got a chance to listen to it live. wasn't a very long press conference, but there like were 10, like 10, 11 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't very long. Willie says uh, any read between the lines nugget from Fontenot. I read a few, not like not kind of tipping a hand per se. But right before the press conference hit, you got the news that we released Marcus Mariota, which I was kind of confused about. You know, I asked him, I literally put it out a tweet yesterday. That was, uh, it was right after um, Washington. Yeah, Washington had released Carson Wentz. And I was like, wait a minute, why is Mariota still on the roster? Like the way everything went down at the end of last year, you knew they weren't keeping him. You knew they weren't going to keep him at the price at $12 million. The way he like walked away from the team as far as like, oh, you know, went on IR because of his knee and everything else. The way all that went down, it really felt like, you know, bad blood, sour grapes, you know, type deal. So like you knew he wasn't going to come back and be a backup, you know, so that like that wasn't going to happen. So it's like, why is he still on the roster? And once I put that out there, everybody's like, dude, relax. Don't stress about it. You know, uh, to maximize bonuses or, or maximize the money, they have to wait until the first of the league year. Yeah. And I was like, okay. That was my that was my impression as well. Right. It's like, you know, uh, you know, so that was like, I was like, okay, all right, cool. I must have misunderstood. Like every t- everywhere I looked, like when I went to Spotrack or when I went to Over the Cap and used their calculators, none of that was a designated had to be like start of the league year kind of thing. Like it was just you cut him, you save twelve million dollars. And so, um, anyway, so right before Terry takes the podium, you know the announcement comes that they have released Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think it sounded like they were waiting on him to be able to pass his exit physical, um, you know, for the surgery or whatever that he had done on his knee, the the little cleanup job that he had done. They had to wait for him to be able to, is what it sounded like. Cause you know, um, Fontenot brought up the exit physical. So that's the kind of line that I was reading there. So then he gets into talking about, you know, obviously everybody asks him about, you know, the QB situation. And this is, I don't know, like chat, if y'all remember this or not, heck, if you remember me saying this or not, uh, at the end of the year, as one of the main reasons why I wanted Ritter to start sooner was because of what's going on right now. Yeah. Because we're in the off season and we don't have a clear answer if, if Ritter's QB one or not, because we didn't see enough from him. 
And that goes the other way. We didn't see enough from him to not declare him QB1, and we didn't see enough from him to declare him QB1. And every time the front office staff, coaching staff has had a chance, they will not come out and say, which is smart on their part, I get it. But they will not come out and say that that he's QB. I mean, Fondo even said, we're not anointing him anything. Yeah, no. Like, I think, based on what I read in that press conference, and also from stuff that I've read uh, from – uh, you know, or watch from I think Steve Weish. Uh, you know, the I think, yeah, and, and and if they go out and get Lamar, which I don't think we're gonna do it, uh, I don't think the Ravens want to do that. I don't think they no. want to get rid of him, but but either way, like, I really don't, and it's not the money. Like, I see a lot of people like, oh, we don't want to go back into cap hell, and I'm like. You know, if we go and get Lamar this year, I'm the money is the least of my worries. Right. It really is. Because you can figure out ways around that. I'm not and even then with the amount of space we have, we can still do the Lamar Jackson thing and still go and get a bunch of guys that we need for this defense and offense. We can still go do that. I'm not worried about that. It is the draft capital personally, okay. Personally, that is what bothers me about it the most. <coughs> I don't want to give up that much. And, you know, uh, you know, we're maybe jumping the gun a little bit here, but uh, as far as our agenda, but like <laughs> there, there was a, uh, you know, something that came out today is like, look, if you, you know, for sure that you're going to give up two first rounders this off season, what do you want? Do you want Jackson? Or do you want uh, the first round pick? Right. The, the first overall pick. Yeah. The first overall pick. Sorry. Yeah. The yeah. very first overall pick in that such per- Now this is just my own personal, what I would do if I was running this show is I'm taking the first round pick or the first overall pick. Right. And that's because I think hands down the best guy in this draft, no matter what the, what uh, position you want to go for, I think the best guy in this draft is Jalen Carter. And if I get a chance to go to number one and get Jalen Carter and literally stick him next to Grady Jarrett, and then also bring in a guy like uh, Tomlinson or Zach Allen or uh, Ioannidis or any of those guys, Draymond Jones, who's probably going to be a free agent. I would love to have him on there. So you, now you got Grady Jarrett, you got Jalen Carter, you got Draymond Jones or Zach Allen or whoever, that immediately transforms your defense. Yep. Immediately. That would be the right? best defensive line you've had in well over forever. Yeah. Forever. Like, right. Probably exactly. probably since the 98 Super Bowl. Right. Like that's probably the last time I could look at a defense that we've had and been like, yeah. Yeah, that was we could get after right? it. Yep. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Willie tipped us five dollars, which we appreciate. He said, the oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just for old time's sake. There you go. There you go. Uh, the Falcons season and, and Marcus QB play summed up in both games against Carolina. The QB scramble to win and the ill-advised uh, back turf throw. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like Right. And, and that was, to me, a much better time to make the move. I've been on record saying that. And because what I wanted mainly by that time was – I wanted to see more of Ritter so that we weren't having this uh, 
necessarily having this conversation because you have a half a season or close to it, six, seven games, eight games, and you have a bigger sample size with, because uh, like, yeah, because Pitts got hurt right after that, right? Or right, or was that before that? I, can't uh, I, think, that. It, I think it was before that. Right. Um, so anyway, you'd have more chance to see what Ritter brought you, uh, possibly win another game or two, maybe even be in the playoffs. Uh, and you could then have a, a much more informed debate than what we're having currently. Because currently anybody who throws up their uh, Ritter is trash is immediately countered with, you haven't seen enough of him to say that. And anybody who is trying to proclaim Ritter is the future, you're immediately countered with, you haven't seen enough of him to say that. What now? And, what, I'll, what I will say is, we haven't seen enough to say he's him, right. and we haven't seen enough to say that he's not him. But I, but we haven't. What we haven't seen is we haven't seen. Uh, I haven't personally seen anything, whether it was in uh, preseason or the games he played in the regular season, that made me be like, like gave me a real pause on like mm, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but there's. I don't, I don't get those vibes from him no, right I now. Mean, I don't also, I'm not also saying I get the vibes of like, this guy's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, but, right. but I, I like, I, think, I want, I legitimately want to see this guy get a full off season, get those starter reps, get the rapport down with all your guys and then come into the season and be the guy. That's what and, I want to see. And I will say this every time. And I did make the statement earlier uh, right now. Let's see, uh, Joseph, we are talking about uh, Terry's presser at the uh, um, combine. Crap. Hit the button. Ah, anyway, all right. So with that being said, the, the idea that every time this coaching staff or front office has had a chance to talk about Ritter, they have talked about him in a glowing manner. Whether they have uh, wanted to name him starter or not, QB1 not, doesn't matter. They're not. I mean, because Terry even straight up and down said, we're not going to back ourselves into a corner. And because this time last year, like you had no clue that you were actually going to get thrown into the uh, Watson chase. Like it wasn't until Watson made the call to blank that then you got into the to the Watson mix, right? So you weren't going into the offseason thinking that you were going to go after Watson. That that wasn't in the cards. So they don't know what's on the horizon. And so he smartly doesn't want to back himself into a corner there and just absolutely name because they don't know what's coming. Right now, the things they know for sure is they got Desmond Ritter under contract for four years. Whether he's the starter, whether he's the backup, he's on this team right now. Okay, so what they have said about him is that he's answered every bell that they have given, like that he's come in contact with, you know, that he has, you know, performed the way they want him to perform, like on and off the field. You know, he's dealt with the adversity. He has of not being the starter, of being picked in the third round, of not getting his chance until late. And when he did get his chance, you're out of the race, but he's doing everything he can to be, you know, the best he can be. 
And, you know, so they liked him because of his smarts and because of how, you know, well and quick he picked up the, the playbook and everything else. So there's a lot of good to be had with him. But again, you haven't seen enough of him to, to say really one way or the other. Now, and, one of the, one of the other things that I, <coughs> excuse me, one other thing I, I liked that I heard in uh, an interview with Terry Fontenot was, I think it was Ross, Rothstein, Rothstein, Mike, Mike, uh, Michael Rothstein. Yeah. Uh, I think he had the uh, interview with him and he basically said like, you know, when you look back to last year, like, and you went through the combine and you went, you know, the whole thing, who, who was the guy that stood out to you the most? And he, and he, and he said Ritter, like, yeah. he's like, you know, the guy like was able to go through the offense, you know, go through, you know, he, like he was so bright. He was so smart. He was so ready and prepared and all yep. those things that uh, it just, uh, you know, you, I guarantee you they had all the same stuff with, um, oh, uh, Steelers picked him up. Uh, what's his face? Pickett. Pickett. Yeah, Pickett. You know, they had, they, they talked to all those guys and did all the same stuff. And the fact that Ritter stood out above them. Now, the, he didn't stand out so much that they took him in the first round or second round. No. Wait until the third round. But uh, he was the guy that most impressed them out of uh, just in general at the combine last year. And uh, and everything that I've seen of this guy from his college days to where, you know, because when he got to college, he was not the starter. He nope. had to he had to wait and he had to then when he got his chance, he hit the gas and never looked back. That's it. Um you know, so it's not it's not new to him to not necessarily be the guy, right at the very it. beginning. Yep. And so he so he's gonna cut. You know, my, I think this guy, while may not be like the goat, uh, I I think this guy could be a really good starter, and I want to give him at least the shot to do yeah, so before wanna, we even worry see, about going in. Yeah, I want to see twenty three. If he's not the guy then guess what? You're going to be in position to draft a, a quarterback. It'll yep. be pretty obvious that you'll be in position and you'll have your your uh, choice of probably either um, Caleb Williams out of USC or uh, Cade Mays out of uh, UNC. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a – I don't think it's a bad position to be in because let's be realistic – for the chances of us actually competing for a Super Bowl in 23 aren't very high. Like, yes, we could. You could bring in a crap ton of talent. We could all learn, you know, a new defense, a new offense, hit the ground running, and bam. But that doesn't happen very often. Now, I will say, like, going, like, sticking on his presser for a little bit longer, um, with some of the, like, MJ says, uh, also notice that Terry talked about adding to the running back room to not uh, run down Tyler Algier. B. John Robinson at eight, BPA on Terry's board, question mark. See, look, I'll say this, straight up and down, for a couple weeks now, I have been, in the later rounds, adding a running back to the uh, to my mock drafts. And everybody's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing it? This is why. You're going to, in the modern NFL, you're going to draft or add a running back every year. You have to. Like, I mean, not just for Algier, but also for CP84, who's not getting any younger. So you're going to add a running back. 
Uh, I don't expect it to be. Go ahead. I'm coming around on Roshan Johnson. Yeah, Roshan Uh, Johnson is is super. There's a lot of really good versatile backs in this game. Because also one thing he noticed, like you wanted to add multiple dimensions to that room. Okay, so now you're talking about guys like uh, Kenny McIntosh. You're talking about guys like Tajay Spears. You're talking about guys like uh, Deuce Vaughn. Like you're talking about a bunch of different guys. Israel Abandacanda, Zach uh, Chardonnay. There are a ton of really good backs every year, and this year is no different. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like we saw a bunch of good ones down at the Senior Bowl, like Chase Brown uh, was, you know, super interesting, along with uh, Evan Hole out of Northwestern looked really good. So there is like a ton of like potential to add there, and they're going to. I don't yeah. necessarily expect it to be Bijan at eight, but I wouldn't put it past them. Like to be completely honest. Yeah, I I like uh I like Roshan because I yeah. think we can that's a guy we can get in the third. Right. Maybe. But even uh, probably even lower because at the senior bowl he hurt his hand. Like I okay. think he broke his hand. And yes, Millie, that is Bijan's backup. Yeah. Uh, and so the and but so that that's the reason why I was saying that I liked him. Because for one, I, I like what I've seen of him when he is playing, but two, he has a little bit more tread on his tire because Bijan's been the man. Yep. Uh, so he hasn't had quite so much uh, run. You know, he hasn't had to you know put so much age on those tires. Uh, you know, to this point in his career. So uh, I like that uh, part about it too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, so yeah, the idea that. You know, yeah, like I said, the idea that uh, we're going to add a running back is not something that that should worry y'all because we're going to do it. I can almost guarantee you whether it's – I highly doubt it's free agency. More than likely it's going to be later rounds of the draft. He, uh, Terry also brought up um, talking about being in, you know, your nickel formation uh, 75 to 80% of the time. So, like, a nickel starter is, you know, a nickel player – is a starter. Um, so, you know, that leads me to believe that that's something that's going to get a lot of focus, whether it's bringing back Isaiah Oliver. Um, you know, we were joking around in chat or like on Twitter saying like, oh, you know, Brian Branch confirmed at eight, you know, um, because of, hold on, <laughs> Dre Harrison, we appreciate that. $10, very much appreciate that says the Falcons should draft a running back every other year that creates assembly line effect. This will also allow us to let running backs walk in free agency and get paid elsewhere unless he's a generational talent. Exactly. Nail on the head. Hey, pre- appreciate the 10, uh, the 10 spot there. Dre. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yes, that is, that is exactly right. Unless he's a Saquon Bar- Barkley, unless he's a, a Derrick Henry, you let him walk and you move on as much as I like Tyler Algier. Uh, unless he just absolutely keeps this pace going for the rest of his career, you know, in five, four years, you let him walk and you, you know, you just keep drafting. Um, but the, the, you know, the interesting thing that he, that came up with the Brian branch talk was something else that Terry Fontenot said. He said, there's a lot of good players in Georgia. And then he said, I'm not necessarily talking about UGA. He said there's a lot of good players from the state of Georgia. He's talking about on their board, they have little peach magnets that they put beside 
the guys' names who are from Georgia. Now, you could say, J.R., why is that a big deal? Okay, Casey Hayward from Georgia, Lorenzo Carter from Georgia. Like, they have made a concerted effort to bring homegrown players back to the state of Georgia. Yeah. Whether they feel like it gives these players more incentive to play, kind of like a money ball type thing. Uh, what was what was the line uh, from Moneyball? If he ain't got a pretty girlfriend, I don't want him because he ain't got confidence. Like <laughs> they ain't got nothing to do with playing baseball, but it's an analytic it's an analytic metric, right? You know, in a sense. And if they're using players from Georgia to that effect, like if they think in their minds that, hey. You know, if they come back to this state and play here in Georgia in front of their family, in front of their friends, you know, it's going to give them a you know sense of, you know, ownership, a sense of pride. Yeah. And so that got chuckling because uh, Brian Branch is from Tyrone, Georgia. And I really chuckled because Brian Branch if we draft him, will be my new favorite player because he also went to the same high school I went to. (laughs) 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 Which I was like, that is neat and something that I did not realize. Dre, we appreciate you again. Very much. He says, majority of uh, NFL players come out of uh, the South, more specifically Georgia. And, and, and like that's, so you got guys that go to like Louisiana for the saints. And they love it because they're from Louisiana. Yeah. But, but then you got guys that go to like Pittsburgh. They weren't necessarily, you know, there's not a lot of guys that are playing in the NFL that are from Pittsburgh. Right. There, there's some, I'm sure, but there's not a ton. Uh, not nearly as much as like from Georgia, from Florida. Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, Texas. Florida, Texas, California. Yeah. That's those your... are the four big ones. So, like, while one of the things that you get guys to go play for in Pittsburgh, even though it's crappy weather, uh, you know, during the winters, you know, when you're going to be playing, it's just really miserable, uh, all this other stuff or any of the Northern teams, uh, you could leverage, uh, guys who are from Georgia to come play back for the Falcons. And that's something that you could, uh, you know, you know, especially guys that maybe have been in the league, maybe even if they haven't gotten their big payday, but they've been in the league. So they're not like hurting for cash. Right, you know, like a Lorenzo Carter, that guy's got unless he's been really, really dumb with his money, he's got millions that he's that you know that he can rely on. He's not hurting for money, so to come play for the hometown team, you know that that's a big thing. Right, and I do, and I do think you can, and you can, yeah, you can create that uh, that, like you said, that culture of like this is our team, right? This is our uh, team. This is our state. This is, you know, you you get that, you know, that camaraderie. You know, it's just another level of connection. And for Terry to, like, point that out, you know, so far Terry has, like, for what he has told us, he hasn't lied to us, right? He hasn't really even tried to blow smoke up our butts. Like, he told us right off the rip, he's a BPA guy. And he showed you that in his first draft when he took a tight end at four, you know, and then followed it up with a uh, starting a wide receiver run at eight last year. So, you know, if he thinks that Brian Branch being an extremely versatile defensive back, whether it's a safety or, 
a, a corner, just a very versatile, you know, defensive back is going to be the best here. I would not, would not be surprised one bit. Um, All right. I got, I got, I just got something real quick. Yeah. yeah. I want to, I want to show this real quick because okay. it, I wish I'd have thought about it before, okay. but this is a great banner and I just, yeah. I, I think everybody will agree. Okay. What you got? <laughs> yes. I was, I was wondering what you were typing over there. <laughs> I saw you were there typing. I was like, I didn't see nothing pop up on the chat. So I was like, I don't know what he's doing over there. Uh, <laughs> oh right. man. Anyway, to the pre- no, no, you're good. It, it's it's all good. But yes, we that is definitely uh you know for a lot of folks it's it's you know sign that's you know sign of a party, you know. Uh let's see, uh Millie says exactly, which is why I think Jacoby Myers would come here uh, because he's a free agent. Let's be real. Who wants to play in New England without Brady? Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, definitely something to consider. It's, it's a much better uh, situation here. Uh, let's see. What else we got? I guess we can move into uh, this part for the last few minutes. We'll... We'll spend this time. We haven't done this a ton uh, with different formats of trying to have like, you know, topics and stuff like that. So uh, we haven't interacted with the chat as much as we normally do, but I think we're going to take this time to definitely uh, do that. Let's see. Um, I saw something. Okay. Well, MJ, go ahead. I was going to say MJ says, uh, would really love uh, Arden Key in Atlanta. MJ, I really am going to want to watch you. Want you to watch our uh, upcoming uh, free agent video that we got coming out on. I believe it's Saturday. I have it set up. Uh, also, speaking of that, the other part of uh, trade cut and keep will be out on Thursday. So definitely check that out. Uh, <clears throat> I hope that that y'all seem to have enjoyed that uh, the offensive aspect of it and. So, yeah, definitely check that out on Thursday. The defensive side of trade cut and keep will be out. Uh, let's see here. It says Sip, uh, Sip Thought says, Mississippi, my home state, has bred some real winners. Uh, we just grow more talent in the South in general. Of course we do, and that's because we can play longer. Like, because of the weather, you can, you know, practice longer. And, uh, uh-oh, what's going on? Is there something where are you sending that to me on uh discord gotcha um am i having some issues yep how bad yeah, you're, uh it it cleared up but then you just hitched up a little bit yeah for what I, i've got i'm hardwired in but it keeps throwing up the symbol like i'm uh um like i'm on wi-fi and i have it hardwired plugged in everything's plugged in so i don't i don't i don't understand hopefully it's yeah. not hitching too bad um your voice hasn't it's mostly just been the video okay well if i start hitching too bad then i'm, I'm gonna expect you to to man the ship there all right let's get into some questions into, into some chat uh let's see uh let's see i did see one here uh yeah fred butts uh you know think he's gonna go get carter uh like again if I'm moving up in this draft, now if somehow we are able to stay at eight and some miracle happens and he falls to eight, I don't think it's going to happen. 
Because I, I, I think somebody said, like, he might fall because he's not doing any of the workouts. He's not doing any of the workouts because he doesn't want to hurt his already crazy high draft stock by potentially hurting himself, maybe even having just a bad day or something like that. He'll probably do a good – he'll probably do the pro day stuff <clears throat> where he's in a much more controlled environment, like, catered to him. Right. Um he probably won't do the combine for the fact that he doesn't want to injure himself potentially and then hurt his stock that way. <clears throat> um, but but I'll say this: the the Jalen Carter above everybody else on in this draft is the the only guy that I will move anywhere up, like upwards from eight the uh, in this draft. He yeah. is literally it. Uh, yeah, I agree there. There to me, there's nobody else that that's worth moving. Uh, a lot of times when you see these guys who are going to be top five picks, um, you know, the reason why they may not work out is because the the rigorous schedule at the combine is not beneficial to the player. Uh, you know, as far as like doing medicals, doing interviews, and then going to do these uh, these all-out drills. Um, I've, I've heard a lot, I've seen a lot of interviews where players talk about it's the most like unconducive way to do and that's part of it you know for uh you know for what the nfl is trying to see like how do you handle and how do you deal with adversity uh so you want to take that one yeah willie uh basically asking me like how high would i go to get jalen carter and at what cost i go to like if i could go to one and i could give up this year's one uh maybe even this year's second and next year's first or maybe next year, second, uh, like one and two this year, two next year. If I could do, I don't think they would take it. But let's say they did, I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. Yep. Uh, he, he, in my personal opinion, I think he is that kind of. He is like an Aaron Donald, like uh, Indomitian Sue was. He is that kind of a defensive tackle that you get. Uh, now, I'm you know full disclosure here. Could this all? Could he end up being like the biggest bust of all time? As an Atlanta Falcon fan, I've seen that plenty of times before. So, yes, absolutely, it could happen. He could be a big bust. But everything that I've seen to this point it, it, uh, just points me in the direction of this guy is going to be amazing. Hmm. Um, and just you don't see guys like him very often at the NFL, let alone college football. Right. Um, and Look, so in on that amazing defensive line that Georgia had, with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and all those other guys, Trayvon Walker, like Carter was still better than all of those guys. Yes. And Trayvon Walker went number one overall. So Jordan, yeah. da- Jordan Davis, like I would have loved to have had him, this guy. And, and I thought he was uh, 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 sp- like crazy good. And then, yeah, Jalen Carter's just been even right. better than that. Uh, Millie asked me, he says, JR, if you, uh, uh, if you had to, how much draft capital would you offer for Lamar, though? Uh, me, I think a fir- uh, just first-rounders, 23, 24, and 25. That's it. No second-rounders. What I would do, what I think would be a realistic offer that would get it done, is I would do a first and second this year, a first and second next year, and at most a third the year after and that's it like and i know you're like oh jr that's that's a lot yeah it's going to take a lot like especially if they exclusive tag him 
if they non-exclusive tag them, then it's two first rounders and you call it a day and you yep. move on. That's all you have to give uh, if they non-exclusive tag him. But I don't think that's going to happen. So the the exclusive tag means that they, they, they get to set the price. And I think uh, that it's going to be something more along the lines of four to five picks, if not picks and players, you know, like so. It's going to be pricey. Um, let's see here. I got, you got, I got one here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Tony's asking, what about signing one of these left guards in free agency, either Phillies, Isaac Sayamalo, uh, Sayamalo or uh, Ben Powers from Baltimore, then draft a guard in third to develop? I mean, you can. Uh, if you if you pick up uh, Isaac Sayamalo, um, then you probably are keeping Hennessy as your right. backup. Yep. Um, you're probably still going to draft a guy probably though, not in like the third round. You're probably going to draft him in like fourth, fifth, sixth as a developmental guy, kind of the way, same way with the Georgia guy Schaefer, uh, last year. Um, but I mean, look, if we're able now, granted, Sayamalo is a right guard. So if we were to bring him in, we're asking him to flip to left guard. Cause you're not going to move. Lindstrom out or you're or you're going to ask Lindstrom to now move from right to left so either way you're moving a guy who is predominantly and and so far in, in his career has been a right guard you're asking him to flip over to the left guard now you're paying him millions of dollars can he do it absolutely will it take time though the potentially and are there going to be problems until he acclimates to that potentially um <clears throat> I don't know Ben Powers like is he a left guard right guard if he's a left guard then by all means, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. But honestly, I don't necessarily, um, I think if we were, if we had to spend money on the offensive line this year, I want to spend it probably a center though. I've heard some really good things from the coaching staff specifically about Dalman. Uh, They really liked how he, the rapport he was building with Ritter. Uh, They, in their eyes, they saw progression and improvement with him throughout the uh, season. So, you know, and this guy's only in his, so we're going to go into his third year. So he's not like a guy who's been in the league, couldn't cut it. And we're, you know, he's a retread. He's a guy we drafted. He's, you know, second year in the league, first year starting. Maybe, you know, they want to give him a little bit more time to develop and see if that pans out. But if I was going to spend big money, it'd probably be center, not necessarily guards. Because uh, if you got Matthews on one end, McGarry, who I think we're going to keep on the other end. You got Lindstrom on as a guard on the right side. And then, you know, whoever you get at left guard, whether that's uh, Wilkinson again or Hennessy or whoever, but you add somebody like uh, Posick uh, in at center, mm-hmm. uh, then that really kind of solidifies your whole line. and You can you can make up for that one weaker link. Uh, yeah. Over there. <clears throat> I, so. Yeah. He's uh he was saying Ben Powers is a, is a left guard. So, so, so he, he could slot in a little bit better than say, say I'm all, I'm not going to say better. He's a more natural fit for what we're looking for. Um, than say Amalu because say Amalu is right. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you'd have to have him flip and do everything backwards. The, the well, yeah, I mean, some always has played some, some left, uh, but yeah. Um, Eric Mack's comment says that's too much for one guy talking about what I, had laid out for for Lamar. I just want to bring to the point that Russell Wilson 
like got traded from Seattle to Broncos for Russell and a fourth. And Seattle got back Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, 2022's first round pick, 2022 second, 2022 fifth, 2023 first, 2023 second. That's what they got for Russell Wilson, who was much older. And, you know, so no, I don't think it would be too much, honestly. Like, that's how these things, you don't just let these people go. Even the Seahawks, who knew Russell Wilson, like, knew that he was like crazy or whatever, you know, transpired. So, I mean, yes, I agree, Willie. That is dumb on Denver's part, but that was the trade. Yeah. You know, so, um, no, I don't, I don't like, and that's why I'm like, that's why I'm hesitant because if you do make that move, you're going to be giving up a lot of assets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what goes on there. And, you know, I'm not even worried about the money part, but yeah, then you have the money. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm not down. Like he's saying Taylor, the one, a Taylor, the one's a left, left tackle and very injury prone. Like he's, uh, he's very injury prone. I'm not down, not down with that. I'd rather just, uh, stick with the guy that we have at this junction and see if they can get better. Uh, chief says, uh, who should I pick on my mock draft? Second round pick. B.J. Ojolari or Andrew Carter III, B.J. Ojolari? Yes, Ojolari. Did I I say that fast enough? (laughs) Straight up and down, B.J. Ojolari. Andre Andre Carter has probably plummeted on some people's uh, draft boards because of how bad he looked at uh, you know, in one of these all star games, so he is uh, he plummeted in my draft board, like, and that's not just in the all star game, the all star game and the week of practice confirmed what I saw on tape, and that was the the problem there, you know. Was uh, Liz, <laughs> Liz, why are you trolling us? Why are you trolling us, man? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good, he can stay up in Seattle. Uh, yep. okay, King Seven says, uh, Witherspoon or Gonzalez, if we go. Uh, defensive back and why me i think it's gonzalez like if i have to pick i like witherspoon but witherspoon seems to be more of like a headhunter like big hit you know kind of guy and i think uh gonzalez gives you a lot more in the ball hawking but i'll say this i'll be up front i haven't done nearly as much uh draft studying as of yet, and I haven't made it to a lot of the cornerbacks. So this, like, I'm giving you a thirty thousand foot view. Uh, I'll probably have more to say, like now that, uh, like after free agency is done, I'll be digging into the draft heavily. I'm starting to get more heavily going, but yeah, yeah. But like uh, Gonzalez, he seems to me kind of. He has rare size. Yes, but 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 the problem and but the difference with him is you get you can get guys with his same kind of size every year in the draft. What you don't get is guys with his size that move like he does, right? With the body control that he does, with the fluid hip movements that he's got, uh, he's he's almost like uh, the 
the DB version of like a Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, he's just that freakishly athletic with a big build, uh, and you know, that long and that length that people are that, that, you know, coaches want. So, you know, um, no, that's where I would go as well. Right. Okay. So Willie says, uh, so if Deron Payne is franchise tagged and Lamar stays in Baltimore, who would be our splash signings? Top of my list would be Jesse Bates. Yep. Uh, as being looks like Cle- looks like Cleveland's trying to gear up maybe to go after him too. Right, because they just cut their corner that they signed last year, Johnson. Uh, we have one advantage though; they're negative eighteen million, and we're positive sixty-six million. So, yep. might be a little easier to convince. Plus, you have the leg up on Bates being represented by the same people that represent Hayward and AJ Terrell and Pitts. So there's yep. that that familiarity there, which does help. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, Bates would be the big signing, like splash well, signing. I mean, I, mean I, I you could say Bates. You could say, excuse me. You could, I think all of our splash signings potentially probably be on the defensive side. Right. If we do it, if we do have any. So uh, Bates, um, if we were to get uh, Zach Allen, yeah. if we were to get Tomlinson, if we were to get Draymond Jones, mm-hmm. if we were to get any one of those guys, I would consider that any one of those four guys to be a splash signing. Right. Uh, uh, Tremaine Edwards or Edmonds, Edmonds uh, would be nice. He'd be yep. a he'd be a splash. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, if you if you feel like he still got something in the tank, um, you know he would be a splash. There's lots of guys out there we could potentially go get, and that would be considered a splash signing. In my right. And, you know, that's not, you know, discounting like anybody that we might trade for, you know. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of possibilities out there. Uh, but I think the big splash would be, you know, like uh, would be Bates to me. Like Bates would be the big name. And then if you could add somebody, you know, like, uh, you know, Jacoby Myers on the other side of the of the ball. Sorry, I keep dropping a coin. If y'all can see how much crap I fidget with while I'm <laughs> doing these shows, that's why you can't see my hands because I am constantly messing with something. You're right. Yeah, I know. I normally have like a whole, yeah, look, I, this is the one I got for over Valentine's Day. Nice. Well, pop it. I'll sit here and yeah, just. Exactly yep. what this is. Yep, it's like I you do. just push these. Like I, I, when when I got this for her, it was a stocking stuffer for, stocking yeah. stuffer for her. Uh, it was just. I sat here for probably like three hours trying to get all of these little things to go in, and it is literally impossible. But I no, sat no, you there can't. No, no, I've, I've very, got a few of them. You can't. Very stubborn. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, I kind of agree. Blizz saying like some of the guys you named weren't necessarily uh, more ripple than splash, but I think you know Tony's got you know some good like with like Javon Hargraves. Uh, you know, Yannick yeah. Ngakwe would be, you know, uh, would would move the needle quite a bit. Um, I'm not a huge like name wise. Like Jalen would be, Jalen Ramsey would be like a nice name, but last few years he hasn't necessarily been the same. But you know, King says AJ Bates, Grant Gonzalez in the secondary, Thomason, Grady, AK, and any other D line guy like uh, value. Oh my God, scary! Exactly. And that's what you have the potential to look at. And that's why I say 
to me right now, the, the bell of the ball, the blue ribbon is, you know, Jesse Bates. Cause you did Jesse Bates and then decide to like grab a Gonzalez or even a Joey Porter uh, at eight. Then you transform that secondary into Atlanta's a version of the no fly zone, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that just makes the defensive line even scarier, especially if you add, you know, some decent pieces. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's my, that's what I'm hoping for myself. Uh, he says, yeah, if you get Jesse Bates, then uh, you're going to do uh, what you're going to do with Richard Grant and uh, my dog, my man, Jalen, uh, the ball Hawkins Hawkins though, bro. So, so, okay. so R- Richie Grant be on probably, I mean, I think Richie Grant and if you get Richie Grant and J- Jesse Bates as your two like frontline safeties, uh, I think Hawkins then becomes a backup. Uh, uh, he's yeah. de- he, he's depth at that point. Uh, I think if you go into a three safety look, I think that's Bates, Grant, and uh, Isaiah Oliver. I think yeah, he becomes your back. third safety. Well, the deal here well, though is like if you if you bring in Bates and Oliver prices himself out of Atlanta, you could then put Hawkins in that role. Like is he Hawkins, as good is, is he as good coverage wise as Oliver though? I think so. Uh but and I'd have to go back and watch like like literally just Hawkeye him uh and, and watch games. But I know in college when I was watching his college tape, he plays much much more confident closer to the line of scrimmage. And yeah. if you're playing him in that nickel role, that's where he's playing. Is is closer to that line of scrimmage. And that could be uh um interesting there. That's if you like if Oliver prices himself out. Chief was asking what's wrong with uh Jalen Hawkins, he took kind of like a little bit of a dip this year as far as like coverage goes. There were times that he was taking some weird angles um, that I remember. Like I said, I would have to go back and and watch him, but he's definitely more of a strong safety than he is a free safety. And I think Richie Grant's a better safety than Hawkins. And you so, can and you can get uh, more of our thoughts on him uh, <clears throat> later on this week when we do our uh, uh, trade cut keep. Right. Or the defense. Yeah, yeah that that's a uh, that's a healthy episode. Uh, like 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 we, <laughs> we we did some talking on that one. So uh, yeah, I, I really hope y'all check that out and follow the links and, and go vote yourself so that we can see how much y'all different differ from you know where where we were. Uh, Tony has a good thought here. Like you know, oh get back sorry, that was me. Uh-huh. Look at you. Fighting for buttons. Says so the defensive line of Yannick and Gakwe, Javon Hargrave, uh, Grady and Graham. Uh now the rest of the league will look uh look and so Atlanta's, you know, serious, they mean business. Yeah, like you're going to have to either way, like like everybody's in agreement, we need to upgrade the defensive line. Yep. Uh and so oh man. Well, we have bumped up well over an hour, my good man. Uh, if anybody else is, you got anything else you need to add? Anybody else got any other questions? Because if we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this thing up, um, uh, let's see. Let's see. King says, "Who puts on weight? Uh, puts on weight that Nielsen uh, likes big guys on that line." Yeah, no, it's that is like I could see, like 
them trying to convince AK to, to get up closer to 260, 265. And, you know, what really makes me interested to see what they think of Malone, uh, you know, and which yeah. we get into in the trade cut keep. Uh, let's see. Anybody else got anything? Uh, somebody said, okay, Chief says, who's better, Hawkins or Neil? They groomed Neil to use uh, he, uh, to use the Rock Mike Evans world. Yeah. <laughs> he did do Ooh. that on a consistent basis. Him and uh, Willie Sneed. Willie yeah. Sneed will never forget Keanu Neal. Heck no. He he took him out quite. I mean, but that's what, that's what they brought Keanu Neal in for. Like, unfortunately, he didn't have much of a use past that. You know? So, yeah. All right. Well, it looks like uh, let's see. Um, anybody else? Let's see. Uh, Sheldon Rankins uh, is another guy to to potentially look at. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you know, like I agree. Uh, we got. We have got to get. I think we have to pick up a a legitimate defensive tackle, like inside defensive guy to be, uh, you know, I, okay. I think Taquan Graham with another year with this particular defensive regime uh, could potentially like explode. Um, I think, yeah, not saying he will, but I think he has the opportunity because of, of what they've uh Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I would take. I would take him at forty-four. Yes, um, sir. But but yeah. So you know, but Taquan Graham, he'll be there, and then you put a guy next to him like, you know, a Javon Hargraves, a Tomlinson, what have you, that goes next to Grady, and then that just opens everything else up. But yeah, you you gotta get somebody in there with him, uh, so so he can we can we can scheme some things to get him one on ones yep and then and then when they start to double team him now you got one on ones on the other side but you got to have somebody that can take advantage of those one on ones um so i i, I again I, like if we're not going to get Deron Payne my next top two guys are probably going to be Javon Hargraves which i don't know if Philly's going to let him go yeah. but but i would love to have Javon Hargraves or Draymond Jones. Like now, okay. one of those two guys. Tony Wright, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to check into this, I think we've already been given our compensatory pick. That would have been last year, right? Right. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think, again, compensatory picks have to do with amount of money signed and position. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, stats. Like I said, I think we've already been given our compensatory pick. And it was like a fifth or sixth round, which was kind of stu- like ridiculous because it was offset by the signing of Lorenzo Carter because they were both listed as linebackers, even though Lorenzo Carter is an outside linebacker. So, yeah, that's that's the best. I'm going to double check that, but I don't think uh, I don't think we get one this year. Uh, do we think Ritter needs another wide receiver? Who we got in mind? Yeah. Uh, yes. Jacoby Myers probably number one on my list. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think he's going to necessarily break the bank wide receiver wise. He's probably going to want 17, 18, somewhere in that range, uh, which is wide receiver two money. Right. <laughs> well, and, and for me, like there's that, that's what I'm actually getting into next. 
Uh, I've done like four or five edge guys. Uh, I've done a, hand, a few. I still got to post them, but I've done a few like offensive line guys. Um, but one, the, the group I'm going to go look at next as far as, uh, drafting is wide receivers and, uh, Kayshawn booty is a guy who I really think could do well. So wait a minute, hold on. Is it, I heard, okay. So everyone's talking about booty yep. and then all of a sudden I heard, Oh, he's going back to college. Has no, he like no. swapped again? Has nope. he flip flopped again? No, he flip flopped at the beginning. He said he was coming back. And this is why I think you could get him in the second, maybe even the third, depending. The reason why I say this is he flip-flopped and it come out that there was some like uh, some hanky-panky going on potentially between him, some recruiters and some coaches and stuff like that. Nothing illegal, mm-hmm. just stuff that wasn't, that was frowned upon. Wasn't and once, yeah, and once that stuff came out, it was like, oh, going to the draft. You know, so... Um, there might be like some like character concerns possibly. So you might be able to get him in the second or third round. Uh, Kayshawn Booty is a guy who I really, uh, is going to be a, an interesting playmaker. And also, um, uh, <clears throat> there are a handful of guys I saw out of the senior bowl, Michael Wilson, Isaiah Hutchinson. Uh, those guys were, they caught my attention. But then you have a handful of guys who are already like familiar with Ritter and a burner in Tyler Scott, yep. who played with them in Cincinnati. You can get him probably in the fourth, fifth round. So that's what I'm going to like lean into the next like few weeks, try to get some write ups done. Uh, if y'all want to read any of my write ups, there are there's a link in the description down below. The pound for as p for p a t l dot blogspot.com. And I've just been putting my evaluations out there if you want to go check that out. But let's see. Uh, but, yeah, I think a wide receiver-wise, I think we need a deep threat for sure. Uh, yes. That's what King was just kind of just saying, uh, talking about he really wants a deep threat. I think you're going to have to have that. But, I mean, once you got Ritter in there, you actually saw, like, London become a little bit more of a deep threat. And I'll be interested to see what Pitts looks like with London. Or with uh, Ritter, rather. So we'll we'll see how all that transpires. But yep. I th- think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, yeah. As as always, y'all can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Grim1128, G-R-I-M-M-1128. Jonathan? At Jonathan M. Holder. Come say hi. That's right. That's right. Uh, keep your eye on the channel. we got two videos coming out this week. The other half of Trade Cut Keep and the uh, next installment in our free agent uh like profiling videos this this time we do the front seven we got one hey, more and, uh, yeah, go check out the forms uh yep. put in your your uh your your picks for uh trade cut keep and uh you know uh if we get if we get enough people to fill out the forms then uh you know we can we'll have like bring a, it up here have a discussion and y'all can tell right. us how stupid we are exactly we have a comparison show or something like of that nature but as always keep your eye on the channel because we'll have stuff coming out if you ain't hit the like button hit the like button if you ain't subscribed please do tell somebody else to subscribe because that's what helps us out uh absolutely we're on spotify if you like it uh apple itunes all the places to get your uh podcasts the this uh, this episode here will be out of podcast format And as always, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up.